You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and this is a review of Carol. Dearest, there are no accidents, and no explanation I offer will satisfy you. I like that. You seek resolutions because you're young, but you will understand this one day. times have you been in love? You're always the most beautiful woman in the room. Therese Bellavet. Carol. Tell me you know what you're doing. I never did. And then it changed. She's still my wife. I love her. I can't help you with that. shouldn't be like this. I know. If he can't have me, I can't see my daughter. Everything comes full circle. We gave each other the most breathtaking of gifts. All right, everyone, you were just listening to the trailer for Carol, and the story is as follows. Therese Bellavet spots the beautiful, elegant Carol pursuing the doll displays in a 1950s Manhattan department store. The two women develop a fast bond that becomes a love with complicated consequences. The film is starring Kate Blanchett, Rooney Mara, Sarah Paulson, Jake Lacey, and Kyle Chandler. It is directed by Todd Haynes, and it is written by Phyllis Naji. Join me for this 2015 Retrospective podcast review voted on by you, the MVP film community, is Nicole Ackman. Hi, everyone. Casey Lee Clark. Hello. Lauren LaMagna. Hello, everyone. Dan Bayer. Enjoying my creamed spinach and poached eggs. (laughs) (laughs) And also joining us for the first time ever, actually, is Sarah Clements. Hello. Hello, Sarah. How are you? I'm excited. I'm good. Yeah, no, we're super, super happy to have you on. I've been trying to have you on for quite some time now, and I'm really, really ecstatic that it could be for this movie. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Like, everybody wanted to be in on this podcast review. We got so many requests from so many people, but when Sarah came over, I was like, I got to just move everybody to the side here, and I got to just get Sarah to the front of the line. So Wow, thank you. Absolutely. Yes. Wouldn't turn Cinema this down for the world. Peak. I'm excited. <laughs> Before we start, Sarah, uh, why don't you just tell everybody that's listening, uh, since this is your first time on the show, where they could find you on the internet? Well, you can follow me on Twitter at Mildred Spears. Yeah, basically, oh, I'm on also on Rotten Tomatoes. Find me there. Cherry Picks. Lex plug the Cherry Picks. Absolutely. Go follow the Cherry Picks. Yeah, so find me on the social media. <laughs> Very good. Very good. Uh, You know, they didn't have social media in 1952. Otherwise, I'm sure uh, they would be raving about Carol. But luckily, we did in 2015. And we were raving about Carol. We're still raving about Carol. This is going to be a Carol rave fest, ladies and gentlemen. I'm warning you all right now. I don't think there's a single person here that has anything negative to say about Carol. So strap yourselves in. We killed the people who don't like it. Mm-hmm. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Hey. People kidding, do not kidding, deserve to live. <laughs> oh, my Lord. 
the biggest thing I think to discuss in regards of uh, Carol exactly is going to be when we probably get to our awards discussion about it and why it did miss some key nominations in the 2015 Oscar year, a year that we have talked extensively about on this podcast. And we have touched upon Carol a couple of different times. But this is the point now, before we get to that, where I want to talk about the movie. So, Sarah, you're the guest. I want to start off with you. What do you ultimately think about Todd Haynes' 2015 film, Carol? I mean, it's just absolutely beautiful. What else can I say? (laughs) Um, Yeah, I mean, like, at that time when I first saw it, it was probably the best, like, lesbian film I'd ever seen. And probably one of the few that had, like, you know, a happy ending. I mean, it's not like you know, they're running off in the sunset and stuff. You just assume that it ends happy. And I was like, I'm okay with that. You know, just mm-hmm. ends with a shot of Kate Blanchett staring at you. Like, that's good. I'm fine. Yeah. Best movie ever. <laughs> is Carol staring at Therese or is she just staring at all of us? She's staring <laughs> into our soul. Carol wants to move in with all of us. Let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> if only. Uh, uh, well, that's very, very lovely to hear. Uh, let's pass it over uh, to Nicole. Nicole, what do you think of Carol? Yeah, so I actually somehow missed this film uh, in 2015. Um, I spent part of the year in Scotland, and I think it was one of those where it like came out at the wrong time whenever I was in both places. Uh, and I saw it for the first time a couple of months ago. I had had the DVD forever, but I knew that it was the kind of movie that I couldn't, you know, sit down and watch kind of... Uh, on a whim, but I needed to like prepare myself for it and like be really ready to immerse myself in it. And I'm glad that I waited for the right time because this is such a beautiful film. Like, I mean, obviously I think that Kate Blanchett is like a goddess in everything that she does, but this is next level. It just, it feels like you enter this other world of, you know, the 1950s in a world where, there is Kate Blanchett um, being this beautiful, mysterious woman. But um, I, I really loved it. Great. Awesome. Dan, you're up. <laughs> um, I saw this movie probably like opening weekend when it came out in 2015 because it was my pr- probably my number one most anticipated of that year. Todd Haynes returning to the milieu of far from heaven starring Kate Blanchett um, as the romantic lead, which like, and, and Sandy Powell doing the costumes and Ed Lackman doing the cinematography and Carter Burwell doing the score. It's like, just, just, just stop. You already had my money. You don't need to go overboard. <laughs> um, <laughs> and just like, I fell in love from like the first, the opening shot. It it was, it was so perfect a recreation of those fifties melodramas, but unlike far from heaven, which is kind of, I I don't want to say satirical because that's the wrong word, but like self-conscious about it. This was just like, no, we're doing a 50s style melodrama that, you know, the way it should have been done back then, but couldn't because of moral codes and whatever, um, societal mores and 
bullshit. Bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. Bullshit. So Forgetting much- Sarah Marshall. Yeah. <laughs> um, and just like, yeah, I loved it from the first moment that I laid eyes on it. It's just this <laughs> exquisite jewel cut diamond of a movie. And I'm, yeah, and I love it. Well, lots of love it. Lots of lots of love. Like we said, there's going to be plenty of that here. Uh, let's keep the love fest going, shall we? Uh, who do we have up now? Let's go with Lauren. I think Carol's a fucking masterpiece. Like it's hey oh, drop the mic, leave the room. <laughs> that is it. <laughs> it. Like, you can't really just like you could go on and on and on and on, but that's the basis of it. I normally. I'm not a huge fan of the period pieces. I like them, but I'm never, it's never my favorite film of the year, especially films that seem like they're not, they're not about the time period. It's like they're made in the time period, which is what Carol is. But I don't know if it's because, you know, just the way it was acted, the way it was shot, the way it was directed, it just hooked me in and I was very much in that zone. I think the both Kate Blanchett and Rooney Mara are fantastic in their roles. It was my first, I want to say, big introduction to Rooney Mara. I hadn't seen The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, but I knew that was her. So, like, me being like, how does this girl do the same, like, do totally different roles and be the same person? So that kind of blew my mind just as an acting perspective. And just, like, the music was always in my mind. I can listen to those songs or that score without thinking of this film. And I, every time I watch it, I do get something different out of it, which I think stands to it, and it has a high watch like a rewatchability factor which i think is big for me when it comes to films but it's a fucking masterpiece i can't get enough of it i think i will never get sick of it and i think it's probably my favorite film of 2015 i'm really really excited to talk about some of those different things that you got from it on different viewings there because um i do think that there is a lot going on with this movie and yes i do think that um, upon repeat viewings, a lot more can be unearthed uh, from it, either depending on where you're at in your life, uh, things that you have experienced uh, before in your past. I think that there's a lot that one takes in with themselves when they watch this movie uh, specifically. Casey, what about you? Yeah, so it's interesting. I feel like, because I've, I've seen this film twice, once in the theater and once just now, despite like Nicole owning the DVD and not, <laughs> I don't know, finding the time to watch it. And I, I feel like, because this came out when I was like 19 and I feel like there's a lot of movies that came out in college where I really liked them. And then upon time and reflection and seeing the films that influenced those types of movies, like the repeated viewing, I fall in love with it so much more and appreciate it so much more. Like this was number nine in 2015 for me back then. And now I'm like three, maybe two. Like, I think that it's just so beautiful. And it's, even though that I had only seen it the one time, it's an had never left my brain. Like there was little things that I would like sometimes think about more than most movies I watch ever. And I think that it's just so well acted. I love the screenplay. There's so many lines in it that I just always like, my angel flung out of space. Like I'm, I, and like just the costumes and the performances. And I, I've been really into films from this era and specific things from this era. I also just like, I don't know, it reminds me a lot of things I love of the early seasons of Mad Men, which is my favorite show. And it just feels like all the perfect little pieces coming together. And yeah, every every little element is so great. And I think that it is one of like the masterpieces of the decade, definitely. All right, I'm going to start off as a buzzkill at first, but I promise you this story gets better. Mads. Oh, no. <laughs> so when I saw the film in 2015, I was one of those people that uh, you probably heard 
say a few times on the internet that the film left them feeling a little detached, a little cold. And I was one of those people. Um, And it's not so much that that's how I felt on the whole in a negative way. I still very, very much liked the movie. Uh, It's just that there is this section, I think, about two thirds of the way through, almost as we get closer towards the end, where I kind of got this sense of, okay, where is this going? And where, where are these characters going to end up? And it felt like the movie peaked early when the two of them are um, take that that uh, that trip away together. And then it kind of felt like it was a little lost there for a little bit. And I think that's where the movie lost me emotionally. And then it kind of comes back at the end and pulls me back in. Absolutely. But at the time, I, I, I did have a little apprehension of uh, giving it the same amount of praise as a lot of others uh, gave it. I mean, I still gave it praise for a lot of different things, which I'll get into here for sure. Uh, this has only been my second time seeing the movie since that theatrical uh, experience back in 2015. And I'm really, really glad uh, that I gave it that period of time because uh, just a lot has changed with me personally in the last four years. And I've seen a lot more movies in the last four years as well. I'm not as... Uh, I'm not as, what's the word I'm looking for here? Like surface levels I used to be with like types of movies I watch. Like I've broadened my horizons a lot since then. And I think I appreciate Carol on so many more levels now um, from quality of filmmaking to the storytelling to the, the beauty of the performances and how quiet and internalized they are at times, especially Rooney Mara, who admittedly um, I did have trouble grasping onto a little bit uh, when I first saw the movie. So these were like things that, you know, upon first viewing, uh, definitely I was one of those people. I'm not going to deny it. I'm not going to try to hide from it. It was true. So when it didn't get a, like a Best Picture nomination at the Oscars, I was like, well, yeah, like, you know, <laughs> which, you know, uh, you know, and I understand that, like, for a lot of people, it was like, well, what do you mean? Yeah, obviously. Like, no, this is this is blasphemy. What are you talking about? Like judging you. Yeah. Now I look back on it and I'm like. No, 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 no. I'm like, no, no, no. Like, I don't know. I don't know what it was. Obviously, call it immaturity. Call it whatever you will. This is a beautiful movie. Absolutely beautiful movie. In so many ways, like I said before. And I want to just start off uh, first and foremost. I want to actually start not so much with story, but I want to get the text out of the way first. I want to talk about Carter Burwell's music. I want to talk about Ed Lockman's (laughs) colorful exquisitely shot 16 millimeter photography. Like I want to chat about the costumes. I want to chat about the art direction. Like let's chat about these things, people and just go into just how well crafted this movie is. Please, for the love of God. I think one of the reasons that this stuck, sorry, real quick. It's just a quick blip. One of the reasons that this stuck with me so much is I've re-listened to the soundtrack so much over the years, not the score, but also the songs that are used. Mm-hmm. And I just because I like this era so much that like, uh, like I think it's the perfect blend of score and soundtrack together. And yeah, Mad Max Fury Road is still my favorite film score of that year. But of the Oscar nominated uh, scores, I would have picked Carter Burwell in a freaking heartbeat to win the Oscar for Carol because I think his score for Carol might just be, I mean, compared to every Coen Brothers uh, film and everything else he's ever scored, I think it's probably his personal best film score that he has ever done. Oh, definitely. 
there's something about those piano notes just in the very very intro the very beginning in the first shot mm-hmm. um on the uh gutter of the like the the, yeah. the subway uh, not the subway the uh the new york city uh street and mm-hmm. the blue font that comes across the screen and like just the way that the film just has a way of kind of pulling you in with that meticulous camera work but also too with those piano melodies it's just like Oh, how can you not get lost in it? How do you not let yourself just kind of freely and gracefully just give yourself over to this movie? You know what I mean? Like you don't have to lean in in your chair and be all tense or, you know, or anything like that. You can just relax and just kind of let it like hypnotize you. You know what I mean? It It just makes me swoon. Yeah, like (laughs) some... Some movies you consume, but this movie consumes you. <laughs> like, there you go. Oh, and uh, Dan, I like what you said there. Swoon. That I think that's the. I think that's the word I was looking for there. Mm-hmm. It's I, one of those few scores for me where, like, instantly in the first few milliseconds, like I would know where that music's from, like instantly. And mm-hmm. normally yeah. for me, like I don't recognize scores very well. Like even if I've seen a movie, I'm like, I don't know what that music's from. Like I don't remember. But Carol is like, yes, like I would recognize that immediately. And like I was saying before, in terms of like the way that color is used in this movie as well, like the greens, mm-hmm. the reds and the refractions God. of light against the uh, the cars oh. and, the, yeah, you know, the rain is. across like the like, across the car windows, the interiors, even just some of the interior shots, which sometimes I'll admit, like in a lot of movies can look kind of lame sometimes. <laughs> I think that here. Hotels. And, yeah, yeah. The department Carol's store is like a castle. I want to live in it. Yeah. <laughs> There's also something to be said too yeah. about just the grainy nature of that film stock. Yes. And the level yes. of texture yeah. that it gives to the film, and how it just feels like it's something that, um, you know, when we talked before about, you know, a, a film that can kind of lure you in and almost hypnotize you with its beauty. I don't think you would get that if this was digitally shot. I feel like you absolutely not. Yeah. No. Yeah. There's like a, a haziness to it that yes. I think also adds to that vintage mm-hmm. feel. It feels like yes. almost this like vintage dream world that you've entered into. I mean, one of my favorite shots in the whole movie is the shot where Teresa is uh, f- uh, photographing Carol with her camera, oh. and Ed Lockman <laughs> does a uh, a fo- like plays around with the focus. Those, if we have like the point of view. Yeah of Therese and we're seeing exactly what she is seeing in Carol contrasted against this snow and how the colors of her costume just mm-hmm. contrast so much and they really, really come out as so vibrant and bright and she just feels so angelic and full of life. It, it oh, oh, God. I'm getting teary <laughs> just thinking about it. I, I, as I know that like, it it's so shocking. Like, for me this year this these films it's like there's mad max rewrote and carol are like so much the opposite of each other but they share all of the same strengths and i feel like you know this is todd haynes does the same thing that george miller does in mad max rewrote which is like bring corrals everything all these different elements to create a feeling and create this world that is not quite the world that exists or existed but feels like the world that that version of the world that you want to live in <laughs> as opposed to the real one uh, but it doesn't like there's a, a bit of like fantasy and storybook 
about it with the cinematography and the score um, and the costumes and everything. But like it, even though it has this fairy tale feel, it also feels deeply, deeply real. Real in terms of the emotions that they feel, like the authenticity of the performances, or um, yeah, yeah. I it, it's sort of like you know that sort of like it our world, but like sidestepped into a parallel world where this story could actually be told in the 1950s. Like that's what it feels like. It feels like an alternate reality, but a better reality. <laughs> hey, everyone. Sorry to interrupt, but you've been listening to a preview of our review of the 2015 film Carol here on the Next Best Picture podcast. In order to get the full review, you will have to head on over to our Patreon page where for $1 minimum a month, you can get the rest of this hour and 45 minute long review along with some other exclusive podcast content as well. So... Head on over to Patreon, type in Next Best Picture, $1 minimum a month. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, PlayRefM, Acast, CastBox, and also on Spotify. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the show. We really, really appreciate your feedback as well as your support. Thank you once again for listening. As always, we shall see you all next time.